Okay, while they do that, we're going to start because it's already late. Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day that you have given us for your Lord today, that, that we can come as a church, uh, learn from your word, come together to worship you, to lift up our voices in, in praise, in worship to you, Lord. We ask you, Father, that uh, you open our hearts, that we may understand your word, that you give us um, understanding, that your Holy Spirit may be with us as we start studying your word. And we ask you, Lord, that we can be attentive to what you want to tell us this morning, Lord, in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we are looking at Luke chapter 8, uh, verse 1 through 15. We're going only going to be looking pr pretty much at the, it's going to be the parable of the sower. So we're, we're skipping the first few verses just for the sake of time. But um, what we are going to do this morning, well, actually, let me, let me, let me ask you. Um, I think for the most part, what I've seen most Bibles, like the title itself on that, on that section is called the parable of, of the sower. I hardly ever seen it, seen it that it's the parable of the soils. I don't know if any of your Bibles have the parable of the soils. Typically, I've seen the most the parable of the sower. And now saying that, for whatever reason, most of the sermons that I've heard preached on this, um, on this passage is more about the soils than the sower. So I, I find that kind of interesting. Uh, Luke 8 and verse 1 through 15. Um, but um, let's actually, let's read that section. Let me get two volunteers, please, to read the first one. Look, uh, let me see. Look, 8, verse 5 through 8. One volunteer, please. Verse 5 through 8. There you go. Perfect, thank you. Now let's listen to the interpretation that our Lord gives about that parable. If someone else could please read verse 9 through 15.
Perfect. Thank you. So uh, we're going to spend half the time this morning, uh, probably even more, more than half, looking at the, the sower side. Not so much about the soils, just because I think that uh, most of the time we hear preached about the soils, but not so much. there's not so much emphasis on the sower. But um, let's look at the, the scope of, of the parable or which is the, the, the main thing that, that we should be paying attention when we read a, par- a parable. And now just because there's a main thing, like a, like a chief thing in a parable, that doesn't mean that there's no other things that, would, that are advantageous for us that we can, we, can, uh, we can take into consideration. Now, we have to be careful when we do that, because uh, I'm sure you've heard uh, parables being uh, interpreted where the, the preacher, whoever, whoever is making, giving the interpretation, kind of just takes things like, like, and you're saying, like, where does that even come from? Like, it sounds like you're making it up. So there has to be a way that we could, we could gather stuff that are good for us, for our advantage, while at the same time not misinterpreting the passage. So one, the, the way to do it is by, by following the analogy of faith. And I'll, I'm going to give you an, an example in, ju- in just a moment. But there, 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 there is a way that we, we can do that that is scriptural and uh, that, it's, uh, that we, can, we can follow good um, hermeneutics, good ways of interpreting the Bible, that it doesn't just not take things out of context. So the scope of the parable, and you have blanks, blanks there. So Number one is the excellent nature of the, of the Word of God. The excellent nature of the Word of God. So you have the seed of all grace in, in the hand of the Holy Spirit, or you can say by the influences of the Holy Spirit received into the heart of man. Right? Then the second one is the insufficiency of merely hearing the Word of God preached. The insufficiency. So I think that one is pretty obvious. I mean, we, 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 we see it like right off the bat, that it's, it's, not, it's not enough just to hear the word of God because we know that many may hear it uh, who are uh, never effectually um, brought to, to salvation, but that on the, on the contrary, they will eternally perish. Uh, many are the hearers, but few, few are the chosen ones. Many are the ones who hear the word of God, but, not, but just a few are the ones who, uh, who are broken up and, and uh, prepared or uh, to receive the convictions of the, of the Holy Spirit to, um, to receive Jesus Christ. So there's th- 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 that's an another one. Then the last one, uh, it's the transformative power of grace. The transformative power of grace. So grace is not of ourselves, it's, uh, or to put it this way, it's not of our nature. Um, it's rather a supernatural work um, or a, um, a blessing just that it flows from the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and to do that, the heart first must be dug up. It has to be tilled from, uh, by, uh, by the Holy Spirit so that the heart may become good before the seed of the gospel is sown. And so, um, and, and when, when I say this, that it first has to be dug up, it first has to be prepared by the Holy Spirit then to... to uh, to, uh, so you can receive the seed from, from, uh, of Jesus Christ, you have to think, uh, you have to think it in, in, in a certain way. It's not a chronological uh, order. 
It's not like, okay, the uh, Holy Spirit is preparing your heart. He's working on it, and, and he's making it good by step by step. He's becoming uh, better and better until the, the Word of God is received in the heart. It's, it's not a chronolo- chronological thing. We're talking about a logical order. It's, uh, it's, it's just a logical sequence. And so it's, do not think about it. It's, it's, it's about time. It's just a logical order. And I hope that, that, uh, that, makes, uh, that makes sense. But um, so uh, then let me give you the example of how t- we can gather uh, stuff from the parables that are good, that are for our advantage, that are biblical, and even though they are not part of the scope of the parable, not, not, they are not part of the main thing of the of the of the parable that it's uh, of the, the the main message that the, the it's being communicated. So if you read, for example. Uh, and this comes from the in interpretation of our Lord in verse, in la- very last verse, verse 15. It says, um, who have heard the word, the, the word in, a, in an honest and good heart. So let's say that I come to you and I tell you, you see, we all, we, there's people who have good hearts. I get that there are people who, who have been corrupted, who have fallen into sin, but there are some people who have good, uh, honest hearts. So in that way, I'm telling you that total depravity, it's, it's, it, you're, you're misunderstanding it because there are people, according to the Lord Jesus Christ, that have good hearts. They're already good. For whatever reason, they're already good. They're they, they just waiting for the seed to be planted into their hearts. So how would you respond to that. Now, I'm, I'm, taking you, I, I'm taking from the interpretation of our Lord from the parable. Sure, it's not the main thing of, of the parable, of the, of the message that it's being communicated, but uh, it's, I'm giving you something else. So, like, just think about how, how would you respond to that? And someone, yeah, I'm, I'm sure someone can give me a, a verse that would, that would say, not, no, what you're saying, it's not biblical. What comes to mind? Do what? There's, there's one right there. So what you're telling me is that you are taking other parts of the scripture to interpret this verse. So that, and that's exactly what the analogy of faith is. So you are basically t- taking the rest of the scripture, the whole of the scripture, you are taking a passage that, that says clearly that we have all fallen from uh, and short fall, fall of, of grace, and that that passage is clear that it's it's directly addressing the issue at hand. Now you're using that to interpret this this part of the scripture, and that's how it works. So you have to grab the rest of the scripture. You cannot separate this this passage and just and just take it away from the context of the whole Bible. You have one passage that is very clear, very easy to understand. So you grab that one. You take it to this passage, it's kind of difficult to understand, like, what does that exact, exactly mean? So you take that easy one and you, in, you, you just in, interpret the other one. And there's, there's I mean, there's, that's one verse, but there's plenty of other verses that we can look that it's, uh, that contradict what, I'm, if I'm just telling you, there are some people who have a good heart and they're just waiting to receive uh, the, uh, the, the, seed of the, uh, the seed of the gospel. And now you can do that with every single, every single parable. That's how you are careful that even though you're not looking at the main thing, there are some things that you can take that are good, that are biblical, 
as long as you compare it with the rest of Scripture. And now let's look at, so in verse, let's keep uh, uh, working here, but let's look at a verse 5. So that it says, the sower went out to sow his seed. In, 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 in that verse, right, that you can, you, there are three things that I, I want you guys to, to note in those, in those words. The first one is the agent, the, the sower, which is uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the telling of the hearts of men, is, you can say it's Christ's spiritual husbandry. The whole world is his. He, he has power to dispose of all creatures as, as he pleases, as he sees that, that is good, either to till, either to plow, plow, to manure, to sow, or to simply leave mankind barren until uh, unsown, whatever seems good, whatever seems right to him. Uh, Psalm 21 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He can do and he does as he pleases. Then, we can say that the sower may do what he will with his own, la- with, with his own land. It's, it, he owns the land. He can do whatever he pleases. And on top of that, the word itself strictly belongs to Jesus Christ. We read in, in John 6, um, not 88, uh, John 6, 68, John 6, 68. It says, you have the words of eternal life. So you, Jesus Christ, you have the words of eternal life. Of eternal life. It, they belong to him. So the gospel is not, it's not the word of man, but the word of God. So that's why the agent, the sower, is Jesus Christ. So uh, I think for the most part, at least what I've heard, uh, when this parable is interpreted, the ministers of the word of God is they are the sowers. Now, so are, is that is there any truth to that? What what's the difference between Christ sowing and uh, the ministers sowing the seed of of the word? So, a few bullet points here. So, Jesus Christ is the master sower. He's the master sower. So ministers are his servants who have the honor to be, like Paul said in, in 2 Corinthians 6.1, working together with him. But the Lord Jesus Christ is the master sower. The next one is Jesus Christ is the efficacious sower. He's the efficacious sower. He can speak to men's hearts and cause the seed which he sows to actually take root and bring forth fruit. Now, the minister cannot do that. Uh, Paul Again, 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says, I planted a pool of water, but God gave the growth. So there's, a, there's another difference right there between the master sower, the efficacious sower, and the ministers of the gospel, as, as we see them in, in our day today. The third one is Jesus Christ is the principal sower. He's the principal sower. So the ministers themselves are his. They belong to him. The hearts, their hearts of the ministers are Christ's own tillage. The, uh, he sows the seed of grace in them, and they are not their own. Therefore, the ground that they sow into is not theirs. Then the last one is Jesus Christ is the providential sower. He's the providential sower. So ministers have no seed of their own. Their doctrine uh, the words uh, which they preach um, is the word of Christ. 
the work of the ministers is only done by the intervention of, of Christ. Unless Christ provides the words, the ministers have nothing to say. And they shouldn't say anything. And so, just to summarize this, this uh, first uh, uh, section, this first point. So it's, uh, yes, the, the ministers of the gospel are, are the sower in, in, in this parable. And, and even, not even just the ministers, but everyone who, who preaches the gospel, every, everyone who shares the gospel, is acting as a, as a sower. But in this parable, the Lord Jesus Christ is more, uh, he's most, is more properly identified as the sower. He is the one that sows the seed and the, and the, uh, of the word through them. So yeah, we can speak of the sower being the ministers, but just want you to understand that the principle, the, the properly speaking, the Lord Jesus Christ is the sower in the parable. Then the, the second one, we're going to look at his action, which is the, the going out to sow. That's his action that we get from uh, chapter 8, verse 5. So, and Jesus Christ goes out to sow in, in three ways. Number one, he goes in his own person. He, we know that he went out to preach um, his word throughout Galilee, Judea, and the, and the whole surrounding area. So that's why he goes out to sow in his own person. So, uh, yeah, uh, n- number two, it's uh, through the ministry of his servants. So ministers baptize men by Christ's authority, and in the, in the name of the triune God, they are being baptized. So he goes, so Jesus Christ goes out to sow through the ministry of his servants. And then the last one, by his Holy Spirit. And this is his uh, effectual and his efficacious way of, of going out to sow. So the seed never takes root until it is sown in the heart. So however, the word, um, the, the word ne- ne- it never produces really a change unless the Spirit comes with the Word, accom- accompanies the, the Word. So we, the, you have the, the, the general calling that goes out to all people, to all nations. But if the Holy Spirit is not with the Word, coming with the Word in power, then there's not going to be any change. The only change, that, and I think it's part of the parable, the parable too, we're going to see in a moment, is the only, thing, the only thing that changes in some people is that their hearts, instead of having a change and to, um, to, to, uh, to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the, the soil, the heart, becomes hardened. And whenever they hear the word of God, they, they repudiate the word whenever they, they hear it. It's like over again. Uh, when, and you, I'm sure there's some way you have experienced this. When you share the gospel with someone and there's this, uh, this feeling, this, this, uh, this um, kind of repulsion, like it's, it's again the same thing over again. It kind of bothers the, the, the person who is hearing it. So, and then the last one is his design, uh, purpose, or end of going out to, to sow his seed. His design, his purpose, or, or end of going out, uh, which is the conversion of sinners by the preaching of the gospel. So, that is his design. That's the, the, that's the way he intended it to do, right? He could have done many, uh, maybe a, a lot of different ways, but this is the way he decided providentially. And as he's a sovereign Lord, he decided it was, it was going to be by the, by the sowing of the, the seed, by the preaching of the gospel. So, 
And again, it is his seed. It's not cunning, device, fables. It's not moral maxims. It's not, uh, it's not um, uh, the traditions of men. It's not the decrees and canons of uh, general councils. It's but uh, it's his seed, his own holy and heavenly uh, doctrine. In um, John 7:16, he says, my, my teaching is not mine, but from him who sent me. And then in John 8, 26, just a chapter after that, he says, uh, the things which I heard from him, this I am saying to the world. So it is the word is th that, be that belongs to, to God. <coughs> so I know a couple, just a couple of few uh, real fast bullet points, I guess. And we can gather from the sower as we can as we read of, of how the sower behaves. We we can we can say that the, the, that they most sow their seed in times of persecution and in times of peace. So the sower goes out to see uh, out out to out to uh, sow his seed, no matter what. There's no there's no caveat. There's no uh, there's no like but if there's uh, if if it's dangerous outside you shouldn't go. There's nothing like that in the parable. Then the second one is that they must sow. No, no seed of their own, like we already said, but ex exactly just what Christ said, his doctrine. There's no other seeds mixed in the bag. He's not saying, he's not, he, the, the sower doesn't go out to seed, and he has two bags. Out of one bag, he pulls out one type of seed, uh, and out of the other bag, he he, uh, he, uh, there's an, uh, another type of seed. And, and then the next one is that they must sow Christ's seed as he taught them, so they must preach the whole counsel of God. So... And, and you can look at the, the reference there. Uh, so, so you can see that it's supported. Like I said, these, these are not the main thing that, of, of the parable, but these are things that are advent, advantageous for, for, for us to take into consideration, to be blessed by, by, by the parable. But I put that reference there, just a few of them, just so you can see that you have to grab the rest of the scripture to, uh, to actually... So you, so you can see that I'm just, not just pulling bunnies out of hats. It's, it's there. It's in the, in the Word. It's in all over the Word. And then the last one is they must sow plentifully and scatter the seed over the whole field. So it's pretty clear that they, uh, it's not expected that all the seed which is, which is sown is going to take root uh, and it's, it's going to bring forth fruit. I think it's pretty obvious. The sower knows that. Um, but the, the, the sower, or Lord Jesus Christ, he does it plentifully and in a most gracious manner. He just disperses and scatters the seed uh, uh, of the word. The, the, the gospel, in, in, it is really preached to, to multitudes. Um, although he knows that the seed, not all of it is going to give it's going to bring forth fruit. It's not even, t it's going to take root, and, but he still goes out faithfully. That's what a sower does. He just throws a seed. He knows it's going to fall on, uh, um, beside the road and the birds are going to come. It's going to be trampled on, under foot. He knows that. He knows that there are, there are thorns that are going to choke the life out of the seed. And he knows that there's going to be, yeah, some good soil where the, where the where the seed is gonna, it's gonna get a sown into, and it's gonna take root and bring forth fruit. But you can see the faithfulness of the sower, and that's something that we, we uh, like, all of us should imitate. Yeah, I know that they're not gonna like it. I know they're gonna despise it. Even I know that I don't. I, that is, 
I'm going to preach the word. I'm going to share the gospel with a lot of people. And maybe just one is actually going to be good, good, uh, good soil. But we want to imitate, to emulate our Lord Jesus Christ. We have to do it faithfully. Yes, knowing that it's gonna, they're going to spit on our faces. They're going to reject it. But we have to follow what our Lord Jesus Christ does. And he just faithfully, he just scatters the seed and leaves the result to the Holy Spirit. And now let's real fast, because I didn't put a lot of uh, information here, because I think it's a, it's a, uh, I want to put more emphasis on the, on the sower. But let's look at now at the soils. The first one is the one beside the road. So the, this um, soil is very hard. It's, uh, it's such a soil that which has never been plowed, right? So these people's hearts are very hard, not only by nature, like we all do, like we all have, but also by, the, by continued uh, sin. So one point that you, you, will, you, you might want to notice that is that this type of soil uh, has, maybe you, you, you see that beside the road, maybe you see that there's some grass uh, coming out of it. Most of it is just weeds or, or nothing. But sometimes you can see some grass or maybe just a, a, a flower out, uh, out, of, out, of, out of the road beside the, 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 the road. So even this type of men bring forth grass of morality. They, they do good things. They, it's, it's just the common product of nature due to God implanting his moral law in the hearts of all men. You, ha you have atheists that are... Uh, that are who like truly hate and they are very vocal about it. They hear they, they they hate the Lord Jesus Christ, but they also do good things. They they feed the poor. Now the feeding of the poor it, it, in of itself is good. It's good for society. But you have to understand that even them they 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 have the moral law of God. They 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 get angry if someone gets murdered because it's it's wrong and they know that. But even when they do something good that is beneficial for society, uh, it's still, it's, it's, it, th 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 that fruit is still um, tainted with horrid wickedness, with, uh, with filthiness. So it still has, has weeds around it, the weeds of corruption. Uh, so the fruits of the, that they bring forth, it's the fruits of the flesh. So with this type of soil, yeah, they do good things, but they do it out of selfish motivations for their, for their own... Um, self-aggrandizement for out of pride even though the act itself it might be good it might be good for society so even this type of men uh, they, they do good things sometimes so and these are the ones who have who make no profession of re religion at all so another aspect of this type of soil is the uh, beside the road is that it is the path for the common traveler so people's hearts are uh, are full of uh, uh, people's hearts in, in, with this type of soil are full of every lust, filthy corruption, evil habits, uh, wicked vices. So that's why we, we, we read in the parable that the, the devil walks up and down by his evil suggestions and, and, and uh, filthy motions in, in the hearts of these ungodly people. So in Job 1.7, we read that, from he, that the devil comes... Uh, he answers, uh, when he, he asks, where are you coming from? He says, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and, and down on it. Like the common traveler, he walks on the road. 
and he, he just tramples underfoot everything, and he does it by, doing, by, by putting evil suggestions, evil thoughts, by, um, by making sure that nothing good comes forth out of, out of that soil. And then the last point uh, with, uh, in regard to this type of soil is that it gives uh, access to the birds to eat up the seed. So no sooner than later do they hear the word of God, then that, that devil comes and snatches it up. So, and it can be in many different ways. It can be most, I guess, uh, I think most commonly through thoughts, through, through the mind. Um, so they are sitting on a Sunday morning, someone is visiting the, ch- uh, the church. He's listening to the word being preached, to the message of the gospel being, being, being proclaimed. And, and maybe there's, 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 there's a glance of hope. Like, yeah, this, this sound, sounds right, sound, it's, it sounds good. But as soon as that, that happens, there are other thoughts coming to mind, like, why should I listen to this minister? He's just but a man. Uh, or, well, if, yeah, if that is true, why then does God allow so much evil in the world? And, I mean, you can go on forever to the type of, of machinations that the devil brings forth into the, mi- into the minds of, of men. The next type of soil, it's the one, the ones on the rock. So... This is the type of soil that has uh, not been tilled. It has not been broken up. So these people, in comparison to the other ones, they do make a profession of religion, but their hearts have not been thoroughly broken uh, uh, up in the, in the sense of, of their sins. So they, they, never, they, never, they never truly saw the hardness of their hearts. So true, true faith works... Um, <coughs> Contrition and, and, and godly sorrow in the in the hearts of of men when, where, whenever the word uh, the seed of the word actually takes root, uh, uh, and they are the ones in, that continued uh, to be fruitful till the very end. But this type of men with this type of soil, their hearts remain they just remain hardened in, in their sin. Their will is still stubborn and, and rebellious. There's no actual change. Now. It seems that they have been affected by, by the word. It, 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 in appearances, it looks like some, some, something did happen. And, and, and at the moment, their desires, um, their affections seem, seem to change. But, but, uh, uh, but there's actually no true sense of their own sin. So... That the natural hardness of the heart, as, as we are all born as, as fallen creatures, still remains. Even though it may appear uh, di- different, that there was something, it's, it still remains hard. And the worst part of it all is that they are, are ignorant of that fact. So this is why it is so difficult. Like, I, I, I would rather preach to the, to the atheist, to the... Uh, to the to the homosexualist parading uh, uh, on the street, who's like, like the one who gets on your face, I rather preach to them because I think it's easier to preach to them than to preach to the one who sits every single Sunday on the chair in a church, who who is this type of man who actually believes he's convinced in his mind that he's a Christian, but you know that he he remains in his sin. He has not been truly convinced in his heart of the true sinfulness of it. And it's so difficult because he's just so convinced that, yes, I am a Christian, 
I don't know what you're talking about. Go preach som to, to somewhere else. So it is very difficult. Um, but um, yeah, I guess the good uh, thing is that these people are not the ones like the one beside the road because they do not laugh at the Bible. They do not despise the ministers of the word. These, these are, the, like I said, these are the church, the church members. These are the ones who, uh, who, uh, who are Sunday school attendees. The, these are the ones who have uh, Jesus on their bios. Um, they buy Christian books. They, uh, they go to conferences. They might even go to seminary. They might even stand behind, behind a pulpit. They, they are people out there who uh, even, even behind a pulpit, and I'm, I'm sure you have heard of even preachers who have, who you hear their testimony, and they tell you that for many years I was preaching, and I never understood. I mean, who, who was it? Uh, George Whitfield, I want to say. I mean, that, that was his, his, his case. Um, I think it was George Whitfield, um, or one of them. But that for many years, he, he, I mean, he was preaching, and he never actually had that conviction in his heart of his sin. He never understood it until, until later. So these are the ones who, yeah, uh, they, they, it says that they, they, uh, they, they truly do not have a union with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then that, the next one is uh, the one among the thorns. So the soil produces thorns that choke the seed. So you can see the thorns, um, they are very random, I guess. They, they, they spread this way and that way, so the seed can't never actually spring up. So, uh, so it, it is exactly like that with, uh, with unbelief and with the uh, sinful cares of the world. They just uh, spread themselves like branches all the way around, with act which actually chokes the word of God and makes it uh, unprofitable and unfruitful. Um, I hope that you have never been act physically been choked out but when you are, I mean, you, 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 can feel, you can feel the life slowly going out of, out of you. You, you, you can, everything slows down in, in uh, go to slow motion, uh, and you, you, can, you, you can see you like your eyes kind of like sh sh shutting down. It's, it's a, it might, the, the, actual, the actual incident might happen just, I don't know, seconds, but to you it feels it like an eternity. It never ends. So it is exactly like, like that. Just, it's just a slow process. It keeps choking, putting more pressure, more pressure. That's exactly what, uh, what, uh, what the influences of the world does so, uh, uh, with, with the seed. So another thing we can notice is that the thorns obstruct the influences of the sun from causing the seed to actually take root. So it is exactly the same with the cares of the world and uh, the deceitfulness of riches. They, they, they hinder actually serious meditation in the word of God, um, the, and which is the means that the, that the Holy Spirit uses to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to for, his, for the sanctification of the person. So uh, you are anxious, you are, you are so concerned about the world, that you, ne you never actually take the time to meditate in, in wh of what you heard, what you heard, you heard preached this, this Sunday. You, you, you're, not, you're not actually meditating what we just read. You just, you just read it. But you spend time uh, uh, doing everything else, and your mind is so inundated by thoughts, by, by words, by noises of the world, and then everything 
it's, it's just the world. So that, that's exactly how the, uh, the, the thrones work. They cover the sun of righteousness so that rays never come down to the seed and make it uh, come, uh, bring out um, fruit. The thorns also hinder the rainfall from getting to the seed. So the rain falls as it, 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 it rains plentifully and very often, but it never, it never gets to the root because the thorns are on the way. So it is, it is the, same, the same way uh, with this type of people. They are, they are uh, full of earthly cares, but their hearts are set up on the riches of the world. They are, they, they are so concerned about what's going to happen tomorrow. <coughs> tomorrow. So they are so concerned of what's happening in the world. And, and so even though the divine uh, rain falls on them, they can never actually get something good out of it. <coughs> so uh, their hearts never, never actually become better. They're, they're in, 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 in a better situation than they were yesterday. They're only that the only fruit in that type of soil is thorns. And I mean, uh, not so long ago, we went through Hebrews 6, so it's a clear example of what, what happens with type of soil. So all their talk is about the world, everything that, pr- that proceeds from their, their hearts, then it's, it's only thorns, which, I mean, you think about it, thorns is just a reminder of the curse. So I don't think that the Lord Jesus Christ uses this, uh, whatever the, it, it is, a metaphor, analogy, the parable, completely, completely uh, detached, from, uh, detached from, uh, from, from, from the meaning of thorns that bring forth the, the curse into the world. So these people, these are the type of people are rejected and whose end will be burning because thorns are only good for that. And if the fruit that you, you only bring is thorns, the, the, only, the, the only fair consequence is to be burned. So... Uh, those are the ones uh, among the thorns. Then the last one, the last one is the good soil. So these are the ones that they hear the word, they understand it, they keep it, and they bring forth fruit. And it is true that not all bring forth fruit at the same degree. Uh, some of them bring forth fruit. Um, it, is, it, is, it, it is of the same quality of fruit, it is the same type of fruit, but it's not the same quantity. So yet all, all, all of them have good and honest hearts and they are all equal on, uh, in Christ. Not all of them bring forth in, uh, fruit in the same, to the same degree. So I think this is pretty clear from this parable, especially if, you, if uh, we didn't have time, but we could read in, in the other gospels in Matthew where it says that it's a, it's a 30% and a 60-fold and to, even to a, to, um, some 60-fold, uh, but, but some 30-fold and some others to a hundredfold. So you can see, I think it's pretty clear that it's the, the, the quantity is different, but we have to remember is that the quality, it, it is the same. So it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't really change the, the quality. It doesn't come from a different uh, fountain, from a different source. They, and it's obvious when we, we know, when we read in the, worst, in the rest of the word that all, and not all have received the same gifts, um, they not all have received the same number of talents, and so in, in not all have, this in, have received the same degree of grace. So not all of them are able to bring forth fruit, uh, speaking of the degree, uh, either the, there is uh, as much profit to, to the church, local church, or, or church in general, to the same degree. 
So you cannot expect someone who has given little grace to, do, to bring forth uh, someone who has given a lot of fruit. So, but what we have to remember, and I think that, that is important, is that it doesn't matter because everything, it, it, all of them are bringing fruit to the glory of God. Okay? So with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer so we can transition to corporate worship. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the blessing that you have given us this morning to, to study your word, to be enriched by what you have given us on your word. We are so thankful, Lord, that in your providence, uh, this parable is interpreted by our Lord Jesus Christ, and it is, it is, um, it is a benefit for us because it, it teaches us how to interpret the other parables. We know, Lord, that the main thing of this parable is, is just the excellence of your word, that uh, not everyone who hears the, 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 the gospel being preached will be brought to salvation, Lord, and that the grace that we receive in the, wor- in the word is not, from, it's not from ourselves, it comes from you. But at the same time, Lord, we can delight that uh, there are so many other things, Lord, that we can gather from your word that, uh, that are out there. We ask you, Lord, you bless us, that you give us the discernment, the wisdom, Lord, so we can, we can be serious and uh, uh, students of your word, that we may know how to interpret these parables that sometimes are difficult to understand. There are aspects and things that, uh, that are difficult. So we ask you, Lord, for your, for your blessing as we, as we continue to learn from you. We ask you, Lord, for your blessing as we transition into corporate worship, that, uh, that you may be with us, that we can leave the curse of the world, everything that uh, all of our anxious thoughts that uh, might come to our, uh, to our minds, that we can just put them aside for, for, for the next uh, hour or so, so we can fully dedicate our minds to worshiping you. We can fully dedicate our hearts and our souls to worshiping you, Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we thank you and we bless your holy, precious name. We bring all glory to you, Father, to you, Holy uh, uh, Jesus Christ, and to you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.